Thank God it's free range. You are listening to Free Range Radio Friday with your host, Michael Elves. Pour yourself a beverage and turn up the volume because here on 101.5 UMFM, the weekend starts now. Need you spiritual yeah. Securing the bags across the land We need the Beatles, bro yeah. My hair too thick The crown don't fit Try pile them out of flow nah. Don't like it, I love it, love You couldn't pay me to cut it, bro, nah Came a long way from the Ville, damn right We done made it here without a deal, damn right Fake ones always tell me keep it real Where there's cameras on the cameras I'ma tell you how I feel right. I walk it like I talk it, oh yeah, damn right You ain't know me, shut the f*** When you talking, damn right Man, I came up from the bottom Now we popping, damn right Nowadays it's f*** you pay me while we talking, damn right Damn right, 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 damn right Are you lit? Damn right, is that your clear game? Damn right. We legendary, uh, it's hereditary, uh, I'm a salmon berry, uh, you a dingleberry, bruh, in my bag like, yeah. making bread, no play though, yeah. all eyes on me, we know, I'm such a Leo, I- I- I've been supernova, been feeling like I'm hover, I know you see the turquoise when I sip on my mimosa, Aquaman Momoa, big drip, super soaker, skin tone mocha with these diamonds on my choker. Came a long way from the Ville, damn right. We done made it here without a deal, damn right. Fake ones always tell me keep it real. Where there's cameras on the cameras, I'ma tell you how I feel. I walk it like I talk it, oh yeah, damn right. You ain't know me, shut the f when you talking, damn right. Man, I came up from the bottom, now we popping, damn right. Nowadays it's you pay me while we talking, damn right. Damn right. 101.5 UMFM, this is Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Ozen kicking things off for us tonight. Released earlier this week, new single from Snotty Nose Rez Kids, that's Damn Right. And Damn Right, we got a great show for you tonight. All sorts of bands coming to town and playing here in the city in the 4th coming week and uh, I spoke to Loham uh, who are playing at the Park Theatre next Thursday the 17th uh, we've got an interview with Bicycle Face who are set to release their new album Bicycle Space on Friday. Uh, before we get to my interview with Loham though uh, on the same bill alongside the Blue Stones is Broken Love. This is Fever Dream here on 101.5 UMFM 
trouble always finds me No control His latest album is called Nonfiction. Colin Desha records under the name Loham. Coming to town next Thursday, the 17th, playing the Park Theatre, but uh, joins us on the phone a little ahead of time. Uh, welcome to the show, Colin. Thank you so much, Michael. Happy to be here. Happy to have you on. So I happened to read a thing that you posted on uh, on your Facebook in the summer about a, a break-in in your, in your car. Yeah. And... In the in the post, you refer to you know having like all your hard drives and and your music was was most of that the music that this album is and did you have to rebuild it from scratch or was there another record or like yeah basically there's a um, kind of like in my creative process I sort of do like sketching with Ableton and I sketch out all these songs essentially you know mm. I'll throw demos I'll do loops I'll do beats I'll do vocals kind of. It's, I sort of use it as a sketch pad, and I kind of had a sketch pad that I had made when we were on tour in Europe, and I kind of had some stuff that I had been working on, on sort of like on the fly of all these different tours we've been doing, and unfortunately, that was the gear that was robbed, <laughs> and it was, 
I was at a vulnerable moment, and it was kind of a bad moment, but basically I had brought my backup and my hard drive because I had so much music. I was trying to transfer drives while still working, and it was a back-to-back tour, and they just we pulled into a guitar center to get a, a TRS cable out of all the things, and um, unfortunately they took the opportunity to break into the van and steal my, my backpack and a few other backpacks, and that was where all of the music was. Oh, man, that's terrible. What like, yeah, it, those sketches of ideas. Like, do you still have some of those like kind of circulating in your head, or is that like? Because I know some people, it's like you know, kind of yeah. in one ear, out the other, and you know, unless you write yeah, it down. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely, I definitely have had like a few um, of the sketches were sort of like a couple songs that had sort of been different versions over and over, and I so I have those ones just kind of you know the more traditional song sense where I can play it on an acoustic guitar and like the lyrics are sort of, you know, burned into my memory, but it's kind of like the other more sort of aspect of my music. I really try to approach it from a sort of electronic music when it comes to the writing process. And I, I love to just make sounds and plug my guitar in and make drum beats and make all these kind of, you know, these atmospheres and these different kind of vibes for future writing and unfortunately that was what was taken but mm-hmm. there's like actually a kind of a flip side of the story is that uh when i got back to los angeles after the break-in we had to cancel the tour unfortunately because um, they had stole us a lot of this live uh like my live show and, and a bunch of my, my passport and all my id and stuff yeah but i got home with this kind of renewed sense of like I kind of felt like I was, like, stripped of everything, you know? <laughs> and then I kind of felt like, you know what, this is a perfect time to, like, really write music that kind of represents what's going on right now. And I ended up be kind of, you know, going through that experience. I, I kind of wrote all this new music, and as of today, I have, like, another 20 songs that kind of were just... I think I was so passionate and kind of not letting this opportunity bring me down that I ended up kind of blurting out a bunch of songs <laughs> which i'm really proud of and really excited about so sometimes a loss can be a gain you know yeah you were talking about kind of building from atmosphere i'd read uh i guess maybe variance magazine had you quoted talking about the new single losing sleep that it it, be, it began with john joseph's drum tones that essentially like that suggested the the atmosphere for the song yeah i had heard him it was kind of a just a, a, a chance. I had sort of like stumbled upon his production work from a friend that was making some music with him. And then I had at the same time bumped into another friend who had been working with him. And I was like, this is kind of crazy. But it's all kind of, he's kind of keeps popping him in my radar. And then I had kind of listened to some of his music and I was just really impressed by this, his kind of drum approach and the tonality of it all. And so I had written Losing Sleep with another buddy of mine, um, and we were just kind of keeping it in this writing phase of trying different ideas and writing different melodies to the song. And then once we kind of landed at this place, it felt like John would probably help me really capture the the sort of... It was kind of like a test run, so to speak. You know, like I knew I wanted to make music with him, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to do the whole album yet. So we tried this song, and as soon as we got there, he... I loved his sounds that he was getting in his his room out of North Hollywood. And so we ended up just, I was committed basically after that. I was like, let's do a whole album. So I came back a couple of months later. We made a big batch of music, which became nonfiction. Um, and then Losing Sleep just kind of seemed like it was a different timeline. So I actually held it back, mm. put the album out. And then 
later was like, I still love this piece. It needs to get out. And so we just kind of, you know, dropped the single before we headed out here to Canada, which has been really fun so far. You said a different timeline. So do you see kind of like parallel paths or different tracks and kind of certain music goes down one path and maybe you kind of have to hold off so that you're not like surprising audiences or, or throwing them completely off with a specific project or pursuit? You know, I try to like take the artistic approach and really not think of the artist or the listener as much as I try to think of the artistic kind of like stimulation, like, cause whatever my sort of, I'm, I'm kind of following I'm kind of following like the flow of creative energy. And that to me is the really what I'm always looking for. And sometimes I can't control it. You know, I can't make things fit into other places. And so I sort of try to go that route. I think it always kind of sounds like me. So it always becomes low hum. But I think in today's era, it's, there's just so much opportunity to play with different sounds, you know, that are from different genres that you can bring into your own world and, that's kind of how I approach Loham. Um, there's songs that I've written with people that are just my old friends from the music community that I just love making music with, and I want to keep doing that. And then there's songs where I make them by myself, and then there's songs I try to make with writers that I admire that I don't even know, maybe. you know, just It's supposed to be this big playground of, of creativity with Loham and not really having any rules. And it always kind of sounds like me. Mm. <laughs> so it's always like... It kind of, to me, it all fits in this world, and that's usually how I approach the creative process for the most part. So it, it ultimately, like, can vary depending on kind of who you pull in, but the yeah the fact of pulling people in is kind of the central part of it. Yeah, I would say it's just it's, it has it's become more of that. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm sitting at you know at the end of the at the end of the record, I'm I'm the one that's on the computer that's really sort of like engineering it and really like getting it to sound the way that I think Loham should sound like. But I love the ability to work with people and I, and I try to keep that door open, you know, it's kind of like, it's just more fun. You know, it's about bringing more and more good ideas and sometimes ideas that you can, when you bring other people in, you kind of see a bigger picture than you can with your own two eyes. And I think that that's really special in the creative process of music. So I try to keep tapping into that as much as I can. That, like, but, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of like the ruler of the world, I suppose. You know, I, I ultimately am going to decide where the creative thing goes. But, you know, just to have fun with other people, it's just it's an inspirational thing and easy to do with the technology these days. Have you had anyone like kind of you like take you down a surprising road, like like do something that you weren't expecting and you're like, oh, I hadn't even considered that possibility or that sound? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I worked on nonfiction, my goal from the beginning was our first record, Room to Breathe, was more of a process between me going really deep in the like with my own creative ability. And then I worked with a guy named Jules de Gasperi, who's a French guy who's out here on tour with us right now. And he's drumming. And we, we made a record together. And it's a little bit more, I would say, me kind of being like in control of everything. And then when I made nonfiction with John, I just kind of trusted his sonic landscape so much. So I made a point to sort of let him maybe like take me to places that even though it might be a little uncomfortable or maybe I don't understand, I don't see the vision. Maybe there's something bigger on the other side of that. And that's really what non uh, nonfiction kind of ha was. And we did it right in the beginning of the whole pandemic. So it was kind of like this 
good time to feel vulnerable, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, to try like things. And I feel like the, we're all we're feeling a little vulnerable at the time, you know, <laughs> for sure. As a listener, do you focus in on like specific sounds or instruments or do you kind of take like a wider lens in terms of listening to, to stuff like what what's kind of your ear attenuation? I kind of I kind of like a little bit of everything. I, I, I kind of like a well-rounded diet. You know, I like to listen to things that maybe are more for sound and, and uh, soundscape stuff, you know, and then I tend to kind of get into some of the more sort of like music from my own culture, which is like I'm, I'm a Hawaiian musician playing indie rock, which is not a very common thing. And so I still really enjoy a lot of like the old artists that my family kind of showed me growing up and they kind of are a little more of like these singers like Israel Kamaka Viva Ole and um, there's a, a few other kind of like older ones that sort of like specialize in more of the Hawaiian music and stuff and I really love their songwriting and and then I kind of go deep down the uh, you know the guitar world as well with some of the older rock stuff just being that I, I love to use the guitar as an extension of my voice, basically. And so I love to sort of listen to, you know, like Stevie Ray Vaughan or like kind of getting into some of the older, um, you know, staples of guitar playing. And so and then I kind of try to digest things that I don't really like because I always think that there's things for me to learn. You know, like maybe there's things that on first or even 10 listens. I'm like, I don't know. I don't get it. And then I just kind of keep it's kind of like eating your greens, you know, or something <laughs> when you're a kid. I I sort of approach it like that because I always think that there's something to learn about all music. I mean, art is so subject to the listener that it's, you never know what you could learn, you know? And so I try to be as open as possible. Well, speaking of open, uh, Hawaiian guitar playing, like I think it's kind of known for like, like the open tuning is it, it, does that factor in like, like kind of the approach to guitar and and how uh, traditionally Hawaiian artists have, have come at the instrument? I definitely, as a kid, played with Open G a lot, especially when I was learning a lot of stuff, you know, by the Rolling Stones, and they have quite a few tunes that are are played in Open G as well, and so I I definitely um, have been influenced by that. My great-great-aunt is a lady named Helen Deshay Beamer, and in the slack key guitar world, which is a big part of the Hawaiian tradition, is a family called the Beamer family, and they are... um, you know, they're cousins of mine, and uh, I'm sure that there's some sort of, you know, gene thing going on there with my style of playing and this sort of watery effect. I'm always obsessed with just, just kind of watery sounds and, and grooves and the way that it flows and stuff. And, um, you know, I'm sure that's, that's, that's being, you know, consciously and unconsciously influencing me and um, what I'm trying to create. But uh, I grew up in the ocean, so, you know, the ocean is the ultimate teacher for me. And so I kind of feel like my music is an extension of this sort of, you know, ultimately this big lesson. <laughs> uh, that's, that's kind of what I love to do. So yeah, I, it's definitely influencing my, my, my creative uh, sort of ability. When you say the ocean is a teacher, like, like are there specific lessons that you've applied to music? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think more life, I mean, life lessons and music lessons tend to be quite quite similar. And, you know, just sort of learning, like, the ocean as a kid, you can't really control the ocean, you know? You just kind of have to learn to go with it and, 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 and move with it. And a lot of those things kind of happen in music when you're talking about landscapes of instruments and, 
you know, you can't force instruments. You can't force songs to be things that they're not. You have to sort of like go with what they are. You're you're creative. Where you're, in my mind, where creativity comes from, it's sort of I've done. I've read a few books about these different ideas of where it kind of comes from, and you know, uh, uh, David Lynch has a great book called Catching. Uh, I believe it's called Catching the Big Fish. You know, and it's kind of this idea of not controlling things, but allowing yourself to be prepared for them. And that's a lot like surfing, you know, like you can't go out to the beach and say, I'm going to surf big waves today. You have no control of when these waves are showing up, what's going on. And you kind of have to just show up and be prepared for whatever you're going to get thrown at you. And, you know, being creative is a lot like that. You have to show up and, and allow it to sort of, you got to be doing it to have it show up. And so, you know, there's just these really beautiful similarities that I try to, I can see parallels in as, as I keep doing this creative endeavor <laughs> i suppose that helps in terms of approach to touring as well <laughs> definitely <laughs> like when your stuff gets robbed on tour you know <laughs> yeah. how you how you pivot what uh you know which way you position the board on the on the wave uh before i let you go colin i want to get you to pick a track off of uh, well i guess i mean if you want to play the new single or if you want to pick something off nonfiction, whatever you want to pick for us to play for listeners if you have a reason why you're picking that or an anecdote about it yeah, um, I guess I'd say, I think my favorite song I have off the record would probably be um, Escape, which is like a little bit more of a, it's a little more down-tempo off the album, but, um, you know, I think that, that song was sort of a, was a fun song where I co-wrote with somebody that uh, was on an acoustic guitar, and then I came home with that music, and I sort of just produced it, and it made it kind of what I love and what I thought the Loham sound would be. And it, it kind of deals with, you know, finding a little escape in this world that we are all kind of uh, in. And so, yeah, I'd love to, to cue that one up for so, the, uh, the ending of this. Right right in the middle of the, uh, the record. So I guess it's like the crest of the wave. Yeah, it kind of is exactly. Yeah, and it has like a... It definitely has a bit of a crest of a wave before the wave breaks kind of thing. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we'll give that one a listen. Uh, November 17th at the Park Theater, Loham, coming to town with Blue Stones and Broken Love. Uh, Colin, thanks for taking some time, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a great day.
Right before the break, you heard Low Hum, Collins' pick, Escape from the Record. You can get tickets for that show at the Park Theater next Thursday night online. Uh, Visit bandsintown.com and a couple other spots to get those. Up next, my interview with the members of Bicycle Face. Uh, Their album is called Bicycle Space. It gets its launch next Friday night. Before that, though, another local act, or at least tangentially local, uh, since they make their home near Clear Lake, uh, Slow Spirit just released a new song called Star Stuff. So uh, keeping it on the space tip here on 101.5 UMFM.
Bicycle Face are set to release their album Bicycle Space on November 18th, uh, one week from tonight. And uh, they join us on the show, Ava Glendinning and Theresa Tordeson. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So uh, I is it a joke that this album was going to be called EP Phone Home? It was going to be called that actually at the beginning a few years ago when we only had an EP's worth of space songs. But as it happened, we just were hit by the cosmic inspiration. And by the time we actually were together in one place long enough and had the studio booked, we had enough songs for a full album. Okay, so you just like you you passed by the marker for EP and like, oh, we can't make that joke because this is now an album. An LP phone doesn't, doesn't work as well. For a while, we talked about having a double EP, <laughs> just so we could keep the name. We were so dedicated to it, but we were like, "No, it's just an album." It's it's a great joke, and uh, I mean, obviously, the 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 release, like the the image for the show, is like you know someone on a bike in the sky with someone like sitting in the basket in front of them. So, it, like you've managed to at least keep the uh, the ET homage going, even if the the EP. Is, is now an LP. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I admire the commitment to the bit, let's say. Thank uh, you. So I, I have to ask in terms of the, the band name, because I haven't had you on the show to ask about kind of the genesis of calling yourselves Bicycle Face. Like, is there a story behind, like, did someone make an offhand comment at some point? Or like, what, is this an inside joke between the two of you? What's What's the deal? <laughs> Um, it's the result of me falling down an internet wormhole like 10 years ago and discovering that there is actually a, a documentation of like doctors diagnosing women with this disease, bicycle face. It was the end of the 1800s, right, when bicycles were very um available for the first time and to women and they could like have their own transportation. So uh, doctors started uh, diagnosing women with bicycle face. And I think Ava has a better handle on the symptoms. Uh, um, I know bul bulging eyes. Bulging eyes. <laughs> yeah, uh, like tense, clenched jaw and wan, haggard expression. Uh, I think those were the main ones, but yeah, the the cure was to stay home in your dress and, and get off your bike, not put pants on, and your bicycle face will hopefully go away. Okay, so there's there's more to it than 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 I uh, anticipated. I, I do want to kind of go down this then, like obviously it, it's rooted in like a feminist response to like the patriarchal medical system, which continues to sh show its face in in the modern era. Was 
was that like was there a political or like social kind of bent to the two of you forming a group and and you wanted to like reflect that or just the, did the, the concept of this kind of speak to you in some way? I think for me, it was like, I feel like every time I go on stage or like I'm like performing, like it feels like you have to be so aware of how you look and how you like, I feel like so much of that image is part of it. And I, I didn't feel like when we first started playing that, I don't know, that I fit whatever image it was personally, but it was like, for me, the philosophy of bicycle faces, like, it does exist. We've all seen cyclists looking terrible on the road, but, like, you just go out and do it anyway. So I feel, for me, it's very much, like, kind of empowering. Like, yeah, even if your face looks kind of funny when you're, like, really trying to play play a synth solo well or something, like, just go do it anyway. Um, so that's my personal connection to it. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I don't think I thought about it that much when we first uh, called ourselves that, like, what, eight years, seven or eight years ago now. Um, but yeah, I feel like there is just like something kind of feminist about two lady cousins writing strange, introspective, weird songs and then <laughs> getting up and performing them together and, and running a band and everything. Cool. Uh, Let, let's, and, and also, like, I embrace the goofiness of it. So I loved having those two elements kind of combined. So, so let's talk about those strange songs and, and, and the writing process. Uh, I mean, you mentioned that you were anticipating it to be an EP and then you, you blew past that. Uh, like, in terms of the, the songs that ended up on, on Bicycle Space, like, were there, like, the ones you thought were going to be the EP and then you just kept writing? Or did you kind of, like, discard any of them and kind of go back to the drawing board? I think we just kept writing. <laughs> the inspiration kept flowing. I feel like our first space-themed song was Rosetta, which is one that Teresa wrote, inspired by the uh, Rosetta spacecraft and the comet uh, whose name we can never remember. It's a bunch of numbers. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I think Alien Mind might have come next. And still, just kind of coincidence, we were on a, a space track. That one's about uh, two alien conspiracy theorists, uh, one of whom seems to have been abducted by aliens. And that was the original title of the song, but I shortened it. Uh, and then I think from there, we just, yeah, we just... At some point, we were like, oh, we have four songs that are all kind of related to space. I think this is an EP. And then, yeah, it just kept going. Did you, like, have a natural kind of like, oh, maybe we should stop here? Or, like, you just found, oh, you know what? We, we could go. There's there's more to write about with space, like, on this thematic kind of pursuit of ours. Yeah, I think it kept expanding, too. Like, like. Ava wrote a song called Constellation that's a lot about astro astrology and then even I think the the last song on the album I wrote uh in the summer of 2020 which we had already like finalized our album and then was like oh I, I did another one I mm. accidentally wrote another song so so yeah it just and that's another astrology focused one so the theme like and when we looked at it all it did form this kind of like theme of escapism and uh coping with apocalyptic possibilities um 
So, but it, it wasn't very planned, to be honest. <laughs> so that last one, summer of 2020, and you're talking about, you know, escape in apocalyptic times, like that's obviously like a few months after, you know, lockdowns first begin, but like, were you already kind of in that mindset pre-pandemic? That's a great question. Actually, the first song was written very early pandemic, and it's very much like it was it's called the fainting of the nearby supergiant Betelgeuse, which is its full name. Again, we shortened it because I'm not sure how much people can remember our song titles otherwise. Um, and it was like a response to the music industry blowing up. And like we as musicians, like this thing, you know, we, we knew all the steps we had to do and all of a sudden everything was out the window. So it was like, uh, and it's based off a scientific paper that I, read the title of (laughs) but yeah so that the first and the last are very much in the apocalyptic pandemic mindset they were written then and the other ones uh were actually i guess i guess we have been thinking about it with climate change with with all kinds of different things like that yeah deep sea was written uh wrote that one in like 2016 so quite a while ago or maybe even earlier, it might have been like seven years ago. Uh, and yeah, that one was very like thinking about climate change and having that on my mind. So I feel like there's yeah a lot of different kind of um, like an interweaving of kind of apocalyptic things, but then also a lot of like kind of goofiness and joy. And I, I feel like that's kind of been the bicycle face aesthetic all along. That's the two wheels. Interplay. The two wheels of the bike, one wheel is uh, apocalyptic and the other is fun. Yeah. (laughs) So you've each mentioned kind of like, I wrote this, Teresa wrote that. Like, do you each kind of like go separately, write a song or come up with a melody and then come back to the other? Or like, what's kind of the, the process like in terms of songwriting? Yeah, we do. Uh, we, we keep it pretty even on this album and on our first EP, we each write half of the songs. And uh, it tends to just kind of work out that way that we write at about the same um, rate. So we don't end up having uh, like a whole bunch of songs that I've written kind of waiting in the backlog or anything. But yeah, it's worked out really well that we write half the songs and then we bring, we come together and write, each of us writes our own parts to that song. Do you each have like a distinctive style? Like could could someone who knows you spot like which of these songs on the record are, are Ava songs and which of these are Teresa songs? Like or is this like, you know, once once it's out in the world, it's like the Lennon McCartney thing and it's like in, in inseparably entwined kind of you're not supposed to p- pull it apart. That's apparently great, not. Yeah, apparently people they can't even tell our voices apart. Like people who know us extremely well have been like, oh, yeah, I just realized. Oh, you're singing on that song. Like, like yeah, they we are one, mm. one bicycle. <laughs> it's backfired because I wrote one song as a duet, and it's a dialogue between two characters. It's two exploding supernovas debating whether it's better to burn out or fade away. And so our two voices are the two stars. But we were then told that our voices sound so alike, <laughs> even though they're like panned left and right. So someone took People it as like an internal monologue of one supernova. <laughs> Just an insane dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> so if the songs, if you finish the songs, summer of 2020, 
like in terms of the songwriting process, then recording wise, like were you impacted at all by like, you know, having to work under kind of COVID constrictions? Like, did you have to kind of like record your parts separately and send them to each other? Or did you manage to do it in one of the kind of periods in which you could get into a studio? Yeah, we, well, I mean, our original plan was, I think, May of 2021. And we ended up recording by like, I don't, there was illness, there were all kinds of things that happened. So we ended up recording in September 2021, which was a pretty, that was kind of this window of time, pre-Omicron, like, that that we were able to feel safe in the studio. And um, after that, like, once again, illness and thing came, al- came along, and I, we were going to release in the spring of uh, 2020. Oh, am I getting my years mixed up? I might be. So, uh, no, no, no. We recorded in 2021. Yeah, we were going to release this past spring. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, it's about six months behind all the time, which is like mm-hmm. maybe normal for an album cycle too. But um, we yeah, were, we yeah, go ahead. We did get to go into the studio, but everything leading up to that was long distance, um, like making demos and stuff. We were just sending tracks back and forth. We collaborated on a couple of, like a few music video projects in the year or two before that, that was all long distance. So it was really nice to finally play together. Yeah. Did the experience of the, the distancing process, like, cause I know in talking to some artists, the ability to kind of like take your time and, and work away from another person and sit with a song could be helpful, right? Like that they could, whereas when you're in the studio and you're feeling the rush, like, oh, we've rented this space for this amount of time and we got to get X out of it versus like, oh, I can just like walk away from this for a bit and and take a walk and and think about a song. Did that change things for you at all? Like, did you find you were reflective of of the, the tunes and did anything creatively kind of come out of that process? I think one thing that really is different, our first album, we basically recorded it like we perform, just keys and guitar. Um, And with this album, we were, we wanted to experiment more in the studio and bring in more people, but like, especially being distanced from each other and not being able to perform at all. We had, we like came up with a very different, I think different kind of textures and, and even different kinds of songs um, that d- very different from our first album. So I think that's probably where it was affected the most. So now when we're in the process of preparing for, you know, uh, performing this uh, album, now we're like, oh, right, we didn't, <laughs> right, we have to figure out how to play this now. <laughs> so uh, it, it definitely expanded our sound in that way, for sure. Yeah, when you're performing all the time as a duo, I feel like you hear duo sounds in your mind when you're writing, but like not having performed together for two years, like my brain just wants to write for a five piece prog band. And it was like, then I just kind of like didn't wasn't thinking about performance or anything. So you kind of have that permission to, to yeah, think big. <laughs> for sure. Well, speaking of performance, the, the release show is next Friday at uh, the Goodwill. Uh, Cantor Dust and Steve Basham and the Vanity Dads opening, uh, playing support. Are you guys going to like play the whole album, like kind of front to back? Like what's your kind of approach to an album release show? Yes, we are. Yeah, 
Cool. <laughs> and we have, um, we've added, we feel like our concept maybe benefits from having a little explanation. So we've actually added um, uh, two songs to the set uh, called The Ballad of Bicycle Space and The Reprise. So, uh, and then there might be some other little surprises in there, but mostly it is the album. Yeah. Sure enough. Well, to give folks a taste, I want to get you each to pick a track off of Bicycle Space that we can play at the end of this interview. Uh, and if you have a reason why you're picking that song or an anecdote about it, I'd love to hear that. Well, maybe I'll pick uh, Alien Mind, which is the first single that we released from the album. So it's already out there in the world and we have a music video that goes along with it that uh, Teresa and I made um, with the help of uh John Himes, Teresa's partner, and Teresa's dad, Philip, who's a great actor. Uh, and in the video, we are secret agents investigating alien abductions on Teresa's parents' farm. So uh, we had a lot of fun making that video. So that's the song I would choose. That song also has my favorite solo, I think, on the album from Eva. So listen for that um my song is uh icarus which is um actually another tune that was finished mo much more recently and it was a response to the very first space song i ever wrote rosetta so icarus is the comet that rosetta was going to explore um i mean sorry icarus is the spaceship <laughs> Oh my gosh, I just messed my whole song up. Okay, everyone. So, <laughs> the song no, is called Icarus. Icarus is the Comet, right? I've been telling people Icarus is the Comet. You know what? It's up for interpretation. <laughs> I think Rosetta's the spaceship because Rosetta's the jaded one. It's true. Okay, so it's it's sung from the perspective of a jaded spaceship or who just knows everything about history and probably you know, the difficulties of a long distance relationship in space. Um, so it was kind of inspired by a time of, of dating and trying to deal with technology. And I felt like a spaceship perspective would be good. Um, so it's very fun. And I really love how it turned out on the album. And it's out today. So uh, despite me confusing everyone about it, I think you should listen to it. Well. Uh, Regardless, we will play Icarus and not Rosetta, <laughs> no matter which one is the spaceship and which one is the comet. Ava, uh, Teresa, thanks very much for taking some time and best of luck with the release show on, on the 18th. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks, Michael.
back here on Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. Right before the break, Icarus and Alien Mind from their album Bicycle Space. That was Bicycle Face. And, of course, the album will get its release next Friday night. And uh, you can head over to umfm.com for links to the show tickets. Uh, The night before that, uh, the Standstills are in town uh, playing at the Burt. Uh, unfortunately, thanks to uh, some some tricks with the road conditions and such, we weren't able to get them on the phone. We were supposed to have an interview with the standstills. Uh, so I'm going to play you a track off of their brand new record to get you in the mood to go see them. This is Motherload featuring Eagles of Death Metal here on 101.5 UMFM.